Hi, Tony G Nation. Your host, Tony G here. Buddy Will McCormick in. Hi, Will. Hey, how's it going? Ah, uh, you know, we're we're pushing right along. Mm-hmm. So this is episode number 15 of season six in the Tony G Show. We're moving. Uh, I mean, we're cruising. Cruising. 15 episodes. I, I don't know the end goal here. Like, how many episodes we're going to get this season? We're going to go for as many as we can. I, I think we're going to. And speaking about coming up in the next couple of episodes and seasons and, you know, the the rest of season six. The next three shows besides this one. So after this one, I want to do a little recap of that just so Tony G Nation and Will McCormick and I are on the same page here. We're going to have today's show. We'll preview that in a second. Thursday's show, Tony G will be solo. Will McCormick will be on uh, Easter vacation. Good for you, Will. Thanks. Enjoy it. (laughs) Next Tuesday, Will, you actually will still be on Easter vacation. Mm Mm-hmm. Next Tuesday's episode, we're going to have a Tony G Show interviews. Uh-oh. Get ready. Next Tuesday's episode, Tony G Show interviews, we're going to have St. Norbert College baseball pitcher Sam Bonder on the show. Finally. A guy who I've been talking about in every season of the Tony G Show. Was my roommate my freshman year of college. Has been a friend, close friend since high school. And he is a relief pitcher. Has Also has a start under his belt this season for St. Norbert College. We'll have him on the show finally, to talk about him, to talk about baseball, because we're both huge baseball guys. So that'll be next Tuesday. Next Thursday, the big segment, the number one segment, is going to be the Masters, as the Masters will kick off next Thursday. So we're going to have golf expert Jared Reinhardt on the show. Remember, we had him back in Season 5 when the Masters was going on in, like, October or November or something like that because of the coronavirus canceling it in April. So those are the next three shows. This is potentially your last show until that Jared Reinhardt episode. Yeah, you're right. It, uh, I'll miss you. I'll miss you too, man. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be a nice break, though. I'm getting a little tired of you. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I see your face and I just groan. No, I'm kidding. Come on. I'm not. Come on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the fun we have here on the Tony G Show, cooking right along in season six. Today's episode, good episode planned for you. The 49ers had a big weekend. They traded for the number three overall pick. There's it was like a three-team swap, but not really. The Dolphins had that pick. They traded it away to the 49ers. They traded some of what they got to the Eagles. So the three teams were involved. We'll break down what that means for each team and the NFL draft coming up in segment number one. Segment number two, Francisco Lindor, the infielder for the New York Mets, formerly of the Cleveland Indians, has asked for a major contract extension. We're going to talk if he deserves that, if he is worth the major contract money that he is asking for in segment number two. Segment number three, just as the Tony G Show got going, or as Will McCormick and I sat down in Tony G Studios to talk about this upcoming show, breaking news came through that the NFL has announced its newest updates to the regular season and preseason. We'll talk about what that means, what those changes were, and a whole lot more here on the Tony G Show. Are you ready, Will? Well, I'm ready. No, I'm ready. Are you ready to rumble? No, not a fan. (laughs) All right, Tony G Show.
Tony G Show drops Tuesdays, Thursdays, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify as well. Follow Will on Twitter at Willis5312. Follow me on Twitter at Tony G Show. This is episode number 15 of season 6 of the Tony G Show. Number 102 overall. Just surpassed 100 episodes recently. Good for us. First segment in today's <laughs> Tony G Show. The big sports weekend in the NFL. Trades going around about draft picks. Uh, draft picks being thrown around. There are three teams involved. And the primary one of this discussion is going to be the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers, they had this big draft pick trade to the Miami Dolphins and Eagles were involved. Here's what happens. The 49ers will get the number three overall pick in 2021. The Dolphins, get that's all the 49ers got, by the way, is that number three pick. That, that was the main pick. That was the only thing they got out of this trade. The Dolphins got the 12th overall pick and a third round pick this year. Both of those now belong to Philadelphia, and Miami has Philadelphia's number six overall pick, as well as the number 18 overall in 2021. You got all that. A lot of trades going around. Here's how it will look this year, though. 49ers will have the number three overall pick. The Dolphins will have the number six and number 18 overall pick, and the Eagles will have the number 12 overall pick, as well as, you know, other rounds, but that was just the first round of this year's NFL draft. So that's that's what it'll come out to. Also, the Dolphins got first round picks in 2022 and 2023 from the 49ers for this number three overall deal. What a win for Miami. Let's get into it here. The, I, I can't believe the amount of draft picks that were thrown around in this trade. It's nuts. And how, how lopsided that it really was. Yeah. But... You can talk about how lopsided it was or wasn't, and I think I'm kind of overstating how lopsided it was. I mean, the 49ers have the number three overall pick, so obviously they have a plan. But they also don't have... Giving up their first rounders in two coming years is like they better hit. And that's that's what I'm kind of saying. The 49ers have a serious plan in play, or this is going to be the debacle of the century and a mishandling of the direction of an organization. Yeah, it's like one way or the other. I mean, because this is going to be either complete success and they're really banking on whoever they're planning on taking with a number three overall pick or this is going to be a complete debacle a mess up and completely tarnish the resume of john lynch as a front office general manager we'll talk about the dolphins in a second i want to focus on the 49ers right now because the 49ers have been one of the more stable organizations in the national football league over the last decade very successful a lot of Success, a lot of talent, always fluctuating in and out on their rosters. Always had good coaching over this last decade. Maybe even a little bit before that, too. But specifically now, with the amount of talent that they have, with the front office that they have under John Lynch, the direction of the 49ers is trending towards, I, I, I'm willing to say, they're trending towards a dynasty type of football team. They have a lot of talent, and it's young. Their front office is aggressive and not afraid. Their coaching is young and innovative. That's the stuff that makes dynasties. We've had discussions before this season on the Tony G Show, me and Will. And I'll say it again, the 49ers are my pick to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. The fact that they're going to get this talent back that they have lost due to injury from last year and the fact that whatever they got planned to the number three overall pick, if they hit on this number three overall pick, it's... It's signed, sealed, and delivered. They're going to win at least two Super Bowls in the next decade if they hit on this next draft pick. At least two Super Bowls. In so the if next they decade. don't hit, 
If they don't hit, it'll be a big debacle. It'll be real bad. And that's why I said in my thesis of this argument, I said that second part, if this doesn't play out, it'll be the debacle of a century and the mishandling of a direction of an organization. You see what I'm saying here, Will? Because the 49ers are heading towards dynasty type of play, dynasty type of coaching, front office management, fan base. I mean, they got a new stadium. I mean, everything is looking towards the right direction for the 49ers, okay? And if this, go out on a limb, get this high draft pick and give up your your future draft picks, your future first-round draft picks, if that doesn't work out, this is going to, I mean, this is going to come crashing down the direction and the potential and the ceiling, if there even is one on the 49ers, is going to come crashing down remarkably. I would argue to call them a emerging dynasty might be a little bit of a stretch. Why is that? I just feel like they've been too up and down for me recently to be like... Well, wouldn't you agree that that's injury, though? Yeah, but they also had like the whole Cam Newton thing. Not Cam Newton, sorry. Colin Kaepernick thing where they were sure. incredibly good and then like all of a sudden they were just terrible and then he went away. His play did drop, as did the rest of the team. Right, and then I'm saying now they have Jimmy Garoppolo and they're really good and then they're really bad and now they're like looking like they might be good again. It's just been too like... Too wavy. It's, yeah, it's been so too much of a So that's where you and I are not on the same page. Right. I, I think that they're really structured. You think that they're... Right, like I sure, think, I think I they're set up to be like a very dominant team for a while. Yeah. But I haven't seen it. Yeah, okay. In my opinion. Yeah, but that's, that's fair. You know, that's subjective. Now, looking forward towards this season... I, it's been rumored that they've been trying to move up into the top five into the draft for multiple weeks. So obviously that tells me that they have some sort of plan. They have a player that they think can go top five overall that they want and that they need, and they made the move for it. Also, besides this top draft pick, they have the 49ers have eight more draft picks this season. A first round, which is the number three overall, a second round, third, fourth, three in the fifth, a sixth and a seventh. So they got picks every round, multiple in the fifth, and very, very high in the first. They have a plan. They have something cooking in San Francisco that I think nobody has eyes on yet. And whatever it is, whatever they're trying to build, is obviously going to be very destructive to the rest of the division, the rest of the league. And I say if they miss on this number three draft pick, it'll come crashing down. But they do have those other eight picks. Here's why it doesn't matter, because it's not the number three overall pick, the rest of those eight picks. It's not top five. Okay, so if you're going to trade that much capital in the future, you got to get someone you like and someone who you trust. Here's the thing. They gave up how many first-round draft picks for this number three? Three, like I mentioned. One this year in 2022 and in 2023. You don't give up that much if you're not going to take a quarterback. Right, I agree totally. You're not going for like a running back. You're not going for Devontae Smith with no. these three picks. You're no. not going for a defensive lineman. If you're giving up this much, you're replacing Jimmy Garoppolo. That's the bottom line. There's no in-between. You are getting a quarterback. So now the question arises, which quarterback is it? Before I tell you which quarterback it is, let me tell you that I have trust in John Lynch, whoever he takes. He's a guy that... Knows how to build talent, knows how to build his organization towards the direction he's trying to push in. So I have trust in whoever he takes. Now here's who's going to be available at the time that he picks at that number three overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. Trevor Lawrence is going number one to the Jaguars. I think that's that's sealed. That's done. Number two, it's been rumored the Jets are going to take Zach Wilson. 
quarterback out of BYU, very talented. I think he's a top five draft pick no matter what, even if he doesn't go in the top two here. But I think he's going number two to the Jets, and he'll probably play behind Sam Darnold for like four or five games, and then they'll make the switch. Number three overall, the 49ers are going to take Justin Fields, quarterback out of Ohio State. Like I said, you don't trade that much capital if you're not getting a quarterback. And at that point in the draft, that's going to be the most talented quarterback that there is. There's been talk and there's been rumors about Mac Jones out of Alabama going there. And I've talked to my buddy Matt Swanson, uh, our buddy Matt Swanson, and he'll be on the show talking about this before we get to the draft. He mentioned that that would be the same as the Bears trading up to get Trubisky when there's Mahomes and Watson out there. With, with Justin Fields and Mac Jones? Yeah, if, you, if, they, if they took Mac Jones is what he's saying. It'd be oh. the same as the Mitchell Trubisky thing. Oh, he thinks Fields is better than Mac Jones? Yes. Is what he's applying? Okay. Yes. Yeah, I'd agree. And I would also agree with that. I still think Fields is not the best out of those three quarterbacks you've listed. I'd say he's number three. Lawrence, Wilson, and Fields? Yeah. It's amazing to me because I agree, but I don't. I could, I, I could sway either way on Wilson and Fields. I think Lawrence is a clear one. And then Fields and Wilson kind of swing for me. And then Mac Jones kind of falls behind. Here's the thing, though. I, I, wanted, I wanted to make this other comparison just to give perspective. If they took Mac Jones at this number three overall pick, it'd be like the Giants taking Daniel Daniel Jones. Mm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. That trade? They had like a yeah. top ten. Time to replace Eli, and they went with Daniel Jones. <laughs> and granted, it hasn't completely come crashing down around them, but they've had talent opportunities at least to build with a different quarterback, a quarterback that is more obviously or more popular, I should say, more popular and more talented in terms of scouting and recruiting and, and draft picks or, or, or mock drafts, I should say. So, you know, they took a shot, and that has yet to play out. But they, it, it would be similar. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talent out there, and you're going to go with Mac Jones? If Justin Fields is available, if Zach Wilson's still available? And see, that's how I feel about Justin Fields. I mean, no offense to the Ohio State Buckeyes and the, and the, the Buckeye fans that listen. The very dominant program, very, very good team. Hardly ever do their quarterbacks work out in the NFL. Very few. Yeah, I can't even I'm name any. Think th- can, can you think of any off the top of your head? I, I'm, I'm going to go through quarterbacks that, I mean, of recent in the last decade, like a Cardale Jones, JT Barrett, Braxton Miller, like Will mentioned, Terrell Pryor. I mean, you're right. There is a trend that Ohio State quarterbacks do not work out. Dwayne Haskins? Dwayne Haskins is also another You loved one. him. I did love him a lot. And and, and he's granted he still has some time to see if he works out, but I think it's over for him. I think he's had his chance. But But I, the trend continues though. You're right. right. But I guess what I was getting to is that so if the Niners are trading up to to get Justin Fields from a program that historically turns out terrible quarterbacks or very average quarterbacks at best, minus a few guys here and there that we can't think of the names of, which tells you how good they were. Why would they do this? Because Justin Fields, in my opinion, well, does nothing that's like, wow, yeah, you need to trade for him. I would disagree. I think he has a very strong arm. Well, you got to think about how mobile he is, too. But here's the thing with Justin Fields compared to these other quarterbacks. Is that Justin Fields, I think, is noticeably more talented than the rest of them. The rest of them had talent. The rest of them were special in their own rights at the college level. But I think it'll transfer to the NFL level for Justin Fields because of how much talent he has. Because of that versatility, you know, he's kind of like a hybrid. How fast he is, how quick he is, how decisive he is, the throws he makes. 
And I think all the knocks on him are young rookie quarterback knocks. You see what I'm saying? They're all fixable things. I think the ceiling he has in the NFL is very high. I think he has talent. I think he has the talent and the personality too. I mean, he's not the most loud guy. He just kind of stays in his own lane. But he has the personality too that can translate to the NFL. Okay, so when you put him on the 49ers now, and you have him with Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously you're going to have a situation where Garoppolo, no matter who you take, because you're taking a quarterback, you're going to have a situation where Garoppolo is going to start the first six to eight games, and then you're going to switch out. Unless, of course, you're like 6-0, and 8-0. Then you don't make a quarterback change. So that's where the, the challenge comes in for me. And, wh- and why I don't really know that this trade was necessary, because I think even with Garoppolo, this team is going to be very good. Like I said, my pick for the NFC Championship. So you're posing that the Niners start this quarterback, whoever they draft, before the year's over? If they take one, which they probably will, I think, yeah. That's wild. Isn't it? Isn't it, though? I don't see that happening. I, I don't... Why would they Why would they not... I mean, like, they're not in a position where they need to desperately need a quarterback. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Maybe they're just going to say, you know, Jimmy G isn't our guy. But they right. paid him. That's why this is such a peculiar thing. Right. This is such a peculiar like, deal. And I mean, they gave up a lot. He's going to sit. He's going to sit. He's going to have to. Yes. This new quarterback. Yeah. This yeah. is like the Packers taking Jordan Love. If he yeah. pans out, great. If he doesn't, well, move on to the next one. Well... It's kind of different because Jimmy Garoppolo isn't Aaron Rodgers. Jimmy true, Garoppolo true, is Jimmy Garoppolo. True, and they gave up three first-round picks for him. And they gave up a lot for him. I mean, so, I get you want to move up, and I get, but yeah. oh my In gosh. a sense, it's similar to what the Packers did, but it's got a lot more risk to it. I mean, this is a good discussion. We could talk. We could pound this all day long because, I mean, it's just so uncertain what the plan is for John Lynch and the 49ers. But we do have to move on, and we'll do so by turning it to the Miami Dolphins and what they got in this trade. Because now they have what? What was it that I mentioned? They have the first round six and eight picks, six and eighteen picks. Excuse me, six and eighteen in the first round. They have two in the second, a third, a fifth, two in the seventh. They have eight total picks, so they get to build a little bit. What this tells me that they traded out of number three was the Tua Tagovailoa is their guy. Mm-hmm. That is as clear as the day is long. They, that shows their commitment to Tua moving yep. forward. He is our quarterback moving forward. It's not. We're not going to draft someone. We're not going to replace him. He's our guy going into next season and before. They're and kind after. of. They're kind of in a nice spot. Yeah. Basically, we're like we got a good quarterback. Just wasn't a good team. So it's like, well, we can afford to. Yeah. Sacrifice that pick for some more depth at different positions they need. And a lot of people say that it's actually not the team so much as it is Tua. A lot of people are kind of falling off on Tua, and I don't see why. I think the guy is an amazing runner. He has a great arm. He's not. The most insanely accurate, but he has a, like I said, big arm, can run very well. He's very knowledgeable, smart. I just don't think it's going to translate. I mean, people expected him to be this next coming of Joe Montana or somebody <laughs> in his first season. It's like, give the dude time. Right. Well, I'm not we've... falling off on him. Yeah, just and, we, and we've said a million times, you can win with a good quarterback, average yeah. quarterback. It's possible. Yeah. Look, look at the 49ers. Yeah, look at Tom Brady. <laughs> Every time it never fails. Will McCormick throws in the Tom Brady remark. That's that's a guarantee. You know what else is a guarantee? Hmm. Tua Tagovailoa is starting at quarterback for the Dolphins this season. Yeah. Well, yeah. Of course he is. 
And I think at the number six pick, it depends who's available. What if you threw a Devontae Parker in there from Alabama? Waddle, even. Mm-hmm. You add another wide receiver to that to that core. It's already built around Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, Lydon Bowden, Preston Williams. What if you threw in another wide receiver to that mix? What if you drafted a running back? I yeah, mean, you I already got Miles Gask- Gaskin and Malcolm Brown, but what if you added one? That Wouldn't just hurt. adds an insane weapon to this offense that doesn't really need it. It'd only be building. And in that division, my goodness, they'd, they'd run with it. Could you see them going both defensive? For these 6 and 18 round, mm-hmm. or 6, 18 round. 6 would be high for. For this first round, 6 and 18 overall pick. Yeah. Both defense? Yeah. No. No, not a chance. There's a chance. There's a chance. Okay. There's a chance. There's I just don't see it. I just don't see it. There's yeah. always a chance. I just don't see it. Because you have this much draft capital in this year, in this first round, and especially for the next couple. You you want a tool for Tua to use. I think they go offense with number six, maybe defense or offense with 18. But then the rest of the draft is going to be defense, um, defensive prioritized. Now let's talk about, okay, let's make this like two, three minutes. Because you know my stance on the Eagles, the NFC East. But let's talk about what the Eagles got. The Eagles now have, what is it, the number 12 overall pick that did belong to the 49ers, but then they traded it to the Dolphins and now they have, they gave it to the Eagles. So the Eagles have the number 12 overall pick. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, what do you say? I mean, you have so much work to do there. Yeah. You, you have so much. It's almost insurmountable if you're Philadelphia. Isn't it? I mean, that's... Yeah, there's a lot of ways they could go. That's I mean, weird. it's just... Uh, for me, the Eagles, they have a lot of ways to go, but it's not even worth making an argument for or debating over what they're going to do because there's just so much mm-hmm. they have to do. Or whether this is even good or bad for them because... Who knows what the heck they're doing? I mean, do they know what they're doing? Maybe they'll draft a quarterback. Maybe they will. I don't know. I don't think they really do either. I doubt it. There's but... so much work to be done there. Yeah. And it's going to take a couple of years to develop. So it's not really worth debating, not worth arguing on today's Tony G Show. Maybe we'll have a discussion about it closer to the draft or maybe even after, after we've seen their draft. But it, as of right now, what is it, March 30th? It's not worth discussing. It really... It really isn't. So we're, we're going to leave it there. Just to kind of wrap it up, though, it's interesting to see the 49ers go out and make this aggressive move. Did they need it? Oh, boy. They're obviously taking a quarterback, but they gave up so much, Will. Three first-round draft picks in exchange for one this year. What if they see a receiver with a lot of talent that they really like? At number three? That'd be wild, but I could see it happening, oh, dude. no. I mean, I I, I just can't... I can see you moving up to like six in the draft. I can see you moving up to like twelve in the draft. What if it's like a generational talent? This is like a dude. It's like you've ne- like Megatron level good. It's like we need him, and they know they're not going to get one or two, so they go to three. They take this guy and they are no dominant. If you're the 49ers, you don't because you already have a good wide receiver core there. You don't need good the next generational talent at wide receiver. See what I mean? I don't know, man. I could see them. I just feel like the Niners always do something you don't expect. I agree. Which, 
taking a quarterback would be something I don't expect, but I feel like they could do something even crazier. Well, I think distant. Maybe they're going to turn around and trade the number three. Maybe. For like three more first-round draft. I don't know what they're going to do, but it'll be interesting to see. Let's wrap up that discussion there. Leave it where it is because it's a very good one. Let's move on to segment number two. I want to discuss a little baseball. Infielder Francisco Lindor has asked for an insane amount of money in new contract talks with the New York Mets. This broke just last night, March 29th. This is quite the amount of money, Will. His proposed asking price is 10 years, $325 million. When you combine that with his current deal, because it's an extension he's asking for with the Mets, it brings his total deal to 12 years, $400 million. No. Okay, no. You want to know why that's too much? Why is that too much? I don't even know who this guy is. Oh, that's terrible. You should know that. He's not a big name. With yeah. this, Francisco Lindor asking for this amount of money. I mean, this is like Mike Trout money. This is Christian Yelich money. This is Mookie Betts money. Okay, this is like next generational talent. And Francisco Lindor is very talented, is very valuable to a lineup and a locker room presence. The guy's always smiling, nicknames himself Mr. Smile. But when you look at his past and where he is now and his potential future... This is a guy that, yeah, he's a four-time All-Star. He's a two-time Gold Glove Award winner and a one-time Platinum Glove Award winner to that to that matter. He's currently 27 years old. So when the deal is over, he'll be 39. Players barely even play the 39 anymore. Remember that running joke we had on the Tony G Show? Bryce Harper, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be 32 when Bryce Harper's contract is up. Yeah. This is like Bryce Harper money. And, and you can debate if Bryce Harper's worth that amount. But the hype was definitely there around him and Manny Machado that offseason that they were both signed. This is not Francisco Lindor money. This is an unbelievable amount of money. And granted, when you pull up some of his stats, very valuable numbers. A guy who's hit, before the 2020 shortened season, he hit over 30 home runs in three, three seasons. Hit over 40 doubles in those same three seasons. So it's very, you know, I mean, the guy is good. He's a great hitter, great defender. Very valuable. But the difference between him and Mike Trout is that these are like, you build your franchise around these guys. You're not building around Francisco Lindor because he's 27. You're not building around Francisco Lindor because he's not as good as Mike Trout or as good as Mookie Betts. What are you really paying that money for if you're the Mets and signing him to this deal and this extension? What are you really buying? The locker room presence? Okay, that's valuable. You're buying the defender, the offense, and he's valuable. I'm not saying that the guy is like barely scratching the surface of hitting 200 and hitting seven in the lineup. I'm not saying that. I know his value. I know he's worth it. Or, or, or there I go, contradicting myself. I know he's worth a good amount of money, but worth a 10 year extension worth 325 million. If I'm the Mets, you know, I want him signed. I want to give him good money. And there's no salary cap in baseball, so that kind of gives them a little bit of ease. But if I'm the Mets, you know, I build somewhere else. I just do. Yeah, that's, I mean, the whole age thing, I know in baseball it's not as big of a deal. Yep. But you take a lot of risk assuming that he's going to keep his play at a level that's worth that much money. Over tw- over the span of the next 10 years. Yeah, that's a long After time. After his contract, so 12 years. Yeah, that's, in my opinion, at the age of 27... It's a little bit far-fetched. And I wonder, 
if he's wanting to get on these big contract hype to finish out his career. Yeah. I you think know what I mean? Because, you know, players ask for this big extension, and, and we're seeing that trend a lot in all the sports that they want double-digit years mm-hmm. in their contract. You know, that was big news when Giancarlo sti- signed with Miami back when that happened. It was like 13 years when they ended up trading him, <laughs> like a year or two after. So it ended up that that wasn't even Miami money that was being used in that situation. How that relates to this is because Francisco Lindor probably isn't going to end his career in New York. Even if he does sign this 10-year, make it a 12-year contract, there's probably somewhere down the line he's getting traded, he's getting released. He's going to get guaranteed money. He's going to get good money. But I, I, I would not invest in Francisco Lindor for this reason, for, for him being a little bit older, for him not being the generational franchise talent of Mookie Betts, of Mike Trout, even a guy like a Clayton Kershaw. I mean, he's good and he's valuable. He's mm-hmm. elite. But there's that difference, though, between elite and franchise elite. And right. there's that difference between elite and <laughs> and elite-er money, to find yeah. it, lack of a better word, to find that higher pitch money. He's not $325 million for this cat. Too much. Unbelievably inflated. And I would argue if you halved maybe the length and the total amount, you know, so five years and half $325 million, I'm not going to do that math in my head, even though it's probably really easy. Then I think I'd be more comfortable with that. But at the same time, that's still a lot of money Yeah. over a short period of time. I just, the whole the whole length it's of like time thing. $33 million a year? So that's a good amount of money still. Yeah. But the whole length thing just concerns me because of his age. And... You know, we, you know, that's our opinion. We we have this opinion. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the trends, man, I mean, this is the type of money that you're giving all-star players for just well, being all-stars. Look at Dak Prescott with right. the Cowboys. This is the trend in sports. Average players getting big contracts. I'm I think kidding, that's I'm a little kidding, bit too far. They're, they're not average. But they're guys asking for far more than what they're mm-hmm. worth because the market allows them to. Yeah, that's, that's basically the trend of of sports contracts right now is it's bigger and bigger contracts, longer years. Yeah. And you know, to not switch this into a sports contract market type of conversation, because we've had, we've had that before. How do you not? You're right. I mean, it's just only going to keep getting higher and higher. The numbers that these players are asking for. So we're going to transfer away from there because we have a third segment and a fourth segment too, that I kind of want to touch on just a couple minutes. It's not very serious. But this third segment in between, we're going to bounce. You know, we started with football, bounce to baseball. We're going to bounce back to football here. The NFL, right as Tony G show, the Tony G show was getting underway, kind of before it was, you know, Will and I got into Tony G Studios. We're getting ready to do the show, doing a little show prep. News broke that the NFL owners have approved a new regular season and preseason for the NFL. There is going to be, here, here's pretty much what it is. Bottom line, the big changes, 17 regular season games instead of the 16 that they have had and three preseason games instead of the four preseason games. I can get behind that. The 17th game is unnecessary, though. Yeah. it's There's no reason to do that. It actually kind of infuriates me a little bit. It's just a chance for more money, really. It is a money thing. It is. What is the other reason? Money. There is no other reason. 
every switch that NFL has made is because of money. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the coronavirus. The expanded, and granted some of these changes ex- took place before the coronavirus, but they've continued to do this for money because they've expanded the regular season now. They've expanded playoffs. It's just a chance to have more more home games for certain teams, more certain stadiums, which brings in more re- revenue for the NFL. It's just a chance to get more football, more viewers, more fans, more concession stands, more parking lot. That's really what it is. And you're putting the, dan- the, the the players at risk here. You're putting the players in danger now. Okay? You see what I mean, Will? Because mm-hmm. now this is just an extra game that they have to play. Yep. What's the point of reducing the preseason if you're going to add another regular season game? It's still the same amount of 22 games. No. Of 20 games, excuse me, before the playoffs begin. It's still that same amount. One is right. just a regular season game now. And now when you talk about certain scheduling conflicts, how will this work out? Now you just have another week to throw in the mix. And particularly this season, games are stupid week 17. Mm-hmm. How about the Dallas Cowboys and New England Patriots? Yeah. What? Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Especially, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Indianapolis Colts. Let's make this a divisional game at least. Well, yeah, especially like you look at the Packers and and uh, and Chiefs. If both those teams are in positions where they're like, there's no point in in playing this game, they'll just throw in their their backups anyways. So Correct. it's like, I don't see this long run outlook. This is not going to be good for the players. Obviously, only one additional game isn't that much in terms of wear and tear over like the entirety of one season. But when you extrapolate that over six seasons, seven seasons, is that going to shorten some players' uh, survivability in the NFL because of the extra wear and tear that additional game has? I doubt, you know, I would I They're would guess... They're definitely going to become less durable with the right. hits. I would guess that, like, game. that might not impact the whole longevity of a career that much, but who knows? We really don't have a clue. No, there's no way to tell yet. But it's just so unnecessary. I don't... I, and maybe this is old man talk where, like, I, I don't want change. But <laughs> I thought the change should have come two to three preseason games. Keep 16 regular yeah. season games. Keep the playoffs like they were before this last season, even though Super Wild Card Weekend was awesome. I just don't see. I, there was no need for change. There's need for change in overtime. There's yes. need for change in, I don't know, pretty much any other <laughs> facet of the game than the scheduling celebrations that needs to be changed well like oh, just all the regulations on celebrating and stuff oh, like sure. let them have fun. cleats or like wearing certain colors yeah. or this or that like you know loosen up a little bit changes need to happen there you're right they don't need to happen in scheduling conflicts what mm-hmm. no to me there was no need for that to me there was no purpose for that there's no weight to that unnecessary and you know it's more regular season football a bigger playoff, and for a football fan, that's awesome and that's great, sure. But you kind of see how it's just no one's going to think about it as the NFL just kind of needs more money because it's more football. I'm sure it is, but what's the, I just don't see the point of reducing the preseason to add a regular season game right? in that slot. And we've advocated for a long time to reduce or to eliminate preseason. Yeah. Since probably like season two. Because, you know, injuries occur in the preseason that are just unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Especially when you, you know, one to two preseason games, maybe even three is necessary. Get players warm, get them loose, get them in-game action. But four just seems like a lot. It got to seem like a lot. And to reduce it, just for like, 
an extra regular season game is it kind of equals out. It doesn't really do nothing. It doesn't change nothing for me. Here I am, the football fan, <laughs> saying I don't want more regular season football, but I guess I'm just not a fan of the change. Change as a whole, you know, Will. And I know, too, a lot of the, the players are not happy about it. <laughs> With yeah. the whole, I uh, oh, forget what the player agreement they have is called, but they're bargain, not happy. Bargain deal? Player bargaining yeah, agreement? Yeah, yeah. So, PBA or something like that? Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see where this uh, takes the NFL, like if they end up keeping this rule or they make a rule change like they did with the pass interference calls and then immediately take it back. I don't know. They, they do a lot of weird stuff, the NFL. I'm not, <laughs> I don't really understand what goes on in their minds. They're in a league of their own. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. All right, Will. Good discussions today. Good show today. Mm-hmm. I do think it's time to call it off. We got right to the point today. We were. I mean, we were on it. Yeah. Felt yeah. good. Are we ever not on it, though, Will? No. Uh, <laughs> maybe in the earlier seasons. Okay. Well, if you're bringing in earlier seasons when we're not as experienced, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Will. All right. That's all we have for you on today's Tony G Show. We'll see you next time. Will, it's going to be a while. Yeah, that's okay. I'll miss you, maybe, maybe I'll see you Tuesday for the uh, Sam Fonder interview. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully you're able to make it around for that. If not, though, we'll see you Thursday. Next Thursday, that mm-hmm. is. So with that, we'll see you on Thursday for the next episode of the Tony G Show. Will, we'll see you in a while, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll miss you. We'll be in, it'll be a nice little break, but we'll be, we'll be back at it as soon as we uh, get back together. Yep. That so. following Thursday. All right. That'll do it. Season 6, episode number 15 in the books. We'll catch you next time right here on the Tony G Show. <laughs>